As every year comes to a close and before we begin a new year, I find myself revisiting the events of the year. The travels before and during COVID, the strangeness of celebrating Mass through the lens of a camera to a church full of empty pews, churches locked, separated from family and friends in traditional family gatherings, restricted visits of the dying, the death of loved ones, weddings changing two, three, and four different times, summer camps canceled, and the delay of the Big Ten football season. In reflecting on these events, I find myself experiencing a mixture of emotions, joy and sadness, despair and anger. The dependence on God is what my heart desires, but there are times that I find myself depending more on myself. Today we celebrate the solemnity of Christ the King, and I ask myself and I encourage you to do the same. Is Jesus Christ the King of my life and enthroned on my heart? Looking forward to the new liturgical year, beginning with the first Sunday of Advent next Sunday, how will my life look differently if I let Jesus Christ be my King, enthroned on my heart? Over the past months, we have celebrated the mysteries of our Lord's life, and now we contemplate the great mystery of His glorified kingship. Pope Pius XI instituted the Feast of Christ the King in 1925 in response to the growing secularism in the West to remind the nations of Europe that even after losing its secular power, the Catholic Church remained more important than political realms. Each liturgical year within the Church is like a whole catechesis of the Christian faith, as well as a microcosm of the entire life of the believer, from birth and baptism to final anointing and death. In the opening prayer of today's Mass, known as the Collect, it directs our prayer to the will of God, the Father, who made all things new through Christ, King of the universe, so that humanity would be set free from sin and, and give praise to him for the restorative gifts of peace and unity. Today's Feast of Christ the King names something so central to our faith that Jesus is the Lord of our lives, the King of the totality of our life. We belong to him so that we can say with St. Paul, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. If we were to say anything less, we are living a distorted Christian life. With this being said, and as we crown Jesus, King of kings and Lord of lords, let us ask ourselves, is Christ the King of my life. The passage from our gospel today in St. Matthew's Gospel is the prophetic climax 
in the eschatological discourse or the narrative of the end times in Scripture. The parables that we have heard the last few weeks and have read leading up to this climactic of event is, in, is urging disciples to be ready, to be ready for when the Son of Man comes. Notice, the Son of Man's first role was to assume that of a shepherd who separates the sheep from the goats. It is, a clear, it is clear to determine that the sheep represent the saints who find themselves placed in the Lord, on the Lord's right. This placement represents a place of honor for those who are good and righteous. Those placed on the left are the unfortunate and dishonorable. Our Lord speaks to the inheritance prepared for his people. The inheritance is gained to those who are faithful to the Lord. They gave, welcomed, clothed, cared, and visited. He said, those that you did this for, you did for me. Those who you did this for, you did it for me. This is what the kingdom of Christ is all about. Each one of us is called to participate and live in his kingdom by repenting when we've wronged someone, living, loving when it's difficult, and giving when we want to hold on. The nature of Christ's kingdom and his kingship is not of this world. This does not mean that his kingdom is not in the world. It very much is, and it is visibly manifested in the church. There are several impressive external features of this that we can recall upon in the 2,000 years of history established by Christ himself. Perhaps the major driver of world culture and world institutions and concepts that we take for granted like hospitals and the university education. These are only a few of the many features that are visible through the external means of the church and its influences on the world. Focusing on these external realities would be a distraction to the heart of Christ's kingdom. The heart of Christ's kingdom resonates in Jesus' reply, Whatever you did for one of the least brothers of mine, you did it for me. Sometimes we can mistake our familiarity with a term or phrase with our understanding of it. One phrase that is repeated several times in the New Testament is the phrase, Kingdom of God. I would suggest that it needs clarity. So I'll mention three harmonizing dimensions of the kingdom of God. The Christological dimension. It may be difficult for us to conceptualize the kingdom of God because we automatically think of a royal palace or worldly kingdom. The kingdom of God is not a thing. It is a person. It is Christ. The ideological, the idealistic dimension Every one of us possess the kingdom of God from our baptism. An interior disposition, 
an interior character imprinted on the heart of every baptized person. And lastly, the eschatological dimension. I'm sorry, that's the end times. The ecclesial dimension. This is the kingdom of God, and it is in the here and now, present and through the church. The church on earth is the kingdom of God in mystery. Jesus gives Peter the keys of the kingdom and makes his the foundation stone of his church. Kingdom and church are two ways of of describing the reality of the kingdom of God. St. Augustine says, Everyone who is reborn in Christ becomes the kingdom that is no longer of the world. May we unite ourselves in communion by calling upon our King, asking Christ to be the King of my life. Is he living in my life as King who sits on the throne of my heart? As disciples of Christ the King, may we not let ourselves be allured by the worldly logic of power, but bring into the world the light of truth and God's love. We are not created to be merely decent people. Rather, we are to be the righteous called by God to be invited to, 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 inher- to share in that inheritance and to sit at the right of the Father. The spirit of giving and charity is to be part of who we are, not just linked to a season. For the king will say to those who follow him, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Is Christ the king of my life? As a bitterly difficult church year closes, and we await on the threshold of another beginning, a new Advent season, We need to remember three simple realities. God loves us infinitely and with a Father's tenderness. God's ways will be done with or without our approval. And our choices and actions matter, not just in this life, but forever.